Hello. <laughs> welcome to or welcome back to Aging Ungracefully. My name is Afra and I disappeared for a minute. I bet some of you were ready to play some Carmen San Diego. Where was I in the world? Well, I'll tell you where I was in the world, guys. I was in Edmonton. <laughs> I was living a life. Um, I was figuring things out. So in my last episode, um, Ungracefully Unemployed, I, I let y'all know like what was going on in my life. And then I just disappeared into the ether. And I'm sorry if that brought up some abandonment trauma. Um, I'm not the greatest at communicating things sometimes. But I think I just recognized how badly I needed a break from the life that I had pre-losing my job um, to the life that I am currently building. And I feel like it's been a few months. So I lost my job on uh, the very end of July. So for August, September, October, I have just been living. I've been enjoying my summer. I've been doing theater stuff. I worked on the Edmonton Fringe. I met some really fucking cool people. I've traveled a little bit. I've tried new things. I have been hanging out with my family more. And I'm just like recognizing now that um, it wasn't an intentional abandonment. Uh, it was the need to let go of who I was and who I would like to be going forward. And so I thought, you know, I started doing like an Instagram thing today and was like talking about how the podcast is coming back, guys. I am still here and I promise you that I will return. Um, and I started talking and I went, maybe, maybe this is the moment where I just need to go and record the podcast. So here we are. <laughs> I am sorry. I feel like a boyfriend who just hasn't called in a minute. Like, I'm like, so <laughs> just need to recluse for a minute. How is everyone doing? Um, but yeah, you know, it has been, <laughs> it's been wild. <laughs> what have the last few months of my life been? I can do a quick download uh, and let you guys kind of know what's happening. So I lost my job. Um, I oddly enough was not devastated by that. Um, I think that sometimes we grieve something when we're still actively in it. And I had been incredibly unhappy in what I was doing the last six months that I was doing it. It was just this constant struggle to be heard, to be valued, to be um, recognized and keeping a company afloat that didn't seem to want to steer their own ship. And I won't speak too poorly because like, obviously I'm still looking for a job and, and doing the things, but it was just, you know, I think leadership is everything and intention is everything. And, and a lot of what I was suffering with and going through at the time was just trying to make sure that my team was shielded from a lot of that and also boosted and, and told how good they were at their jobs and like validated and, and it, anything going on with the company is not a direct reflection of, of your hard work. Your hard work is the reason why we are profitable. Your hard work is the reason why we're doing okay. And um, for all of that to kind of end in the way that it did, it felt very, it felt two things. One, it felt enraging. Bankruptcy feels enraging. Um, you know, decoding lies that you were told feels enraging. Um, but it also felt relieving. <laughs> and I didn't think at the time, and I didn't expect at the time how relieving that would feel for me. Um, I have I had run that part of the business, the corporate side of the business, the the medical cannabis part of the business for eight years. I had been doing things and and running things and managing people. And to take a moment to step back from that um, actually was exactly what I needed. I was having so many health issues and concerns and getting sick all the time and lots of doctor's appointments and neurological scans. And 
the funny thing is, is that for the most part, when that job ended, so did a lot of those problems. So did a lot of those concerns. And it's funny because stress does weird things to the body, but your body will always tell you what it needs. Your body will always let you know like, hey, things aren't okay. You need to walk away. Um, and I was looking to walk away. I, I had been looking for other jobs and other opportunities during that last six months because I was I was ready for a change my, in myself. I was recognizing that I was not the same person I had been for eight years. And I was also recognizing that I could not hold the space of 30 plus people every day anymore. Um, regardless of the money, it was more so just my soul felt tired. And when that suddenly imploded, it was this moment of recognition of why run into something else? Why run towards doing this again? Why don't I just take some time for me? Um, I've never been in a position where I haven't had to absolutely work. I've never been in a position where, you know, I will be okay with or without that, the money. And like, thank God I had some savings and thank God for friends and family who've helped. And thank God who people who helped pay my rent that first month, because like losing, I don't know if you know this, but when you lose a job to bankruptcy, you have to wait to file to, to get your lost wages. And because of everything that had happened with the, the organization, <laughs> I was without a paycheck for three weeks of work. And so it was just a lot to handle all at once. But the funny thing is I remember feeling this overwhelming sense of calm at the time. And there was moments where I wasn't, like I will be fucking fully transparent about that. But there was moments of calm and excitement and joy. And I recognized, because I'm a hippie, and I recognized in all of that, that it went exactly as it was supposed to. I had been looking for work for a while. I had been pushing myself to get into something for a while, to run into something else, to get out of there. I was burnt out. I was exhausted. I was tired. I was crying every day. Um, if I wasn't crying, I was yelling. And and I just didn't like that energy about myself or who I was becoming. And I think that had it gone in the way of I got another job and moved into something else, I wouldn't have had the time off that I had. And I wouldn't have had the ability to do the work that I've had to do on myself. Um, because there was a lot of work. There was a lot of unraveling and detangling that I had to do after the loss of that job. And so that kind of leads me into what today's episode's about, not just to catch up with where the fuck have you been, bitch, um, but also <laughs> also the recognition of, of who I am right now, where I'm at. And I'm not going to say I'm perfect because I'm definitely fucking not. Um, but I, I am going to say that I have learned the art of relinquishing some control. I'm still working on it. I have learned that everything that is meant for you will find you. Um, and that sometimes the begin the endings that feel catastrophic and feel painful and feel like they're just an explosion are some of the best beginnings you will ever have. And some of the ways that your life gets redirected to put you on a path that's more for yourself. So when I started aging ungracefully, it was to talk a lot about, you know, the things that I didn't know when I was younger um, that I learned when I was older. And I think that's something that I've talked about a lot in the past and I've touched on a few times is control. And I am not good at relinquishing control. For you hippies out there, I'm a sun, moon rising as Taurus, Scorpio, and fucking Cancer. I'm basically a walking embodiment of control issues um, and perception issues and wanting to be perceived in a way. And when 
the summer started, I really was in this place of like, okay, so I've lost my job. I have some stability. I have a little savings. I can figure it out. My car is paid for. There's a roof overhead my head. There's food on my table. I have options. I'm not going to do this alone. And I praise be to my ex-boyfriend, um, Connor, because, you know, we've talked about Connor in the past. We talked about him on the episode of cheating, but like, I think that people can redeem themselves through action. And, and the biggest thing that Connor's ever done for me in my life has been a solid pillar of strength when I have needed somebody to just hold my ass together. Um, and the romantic relationship did not work. Our friendship is, is at times toxic and angry, but most of the time really supportive. And he really said, I got you. Me, me and D'Artagnan, his brother have got you we're gonna take care of you you're not gonna fall on your face you're not gonna do this alone you're not gonna oh feelings um you're not gonna suffer and you're not gonna struggle and we'll figure it out with you and i'm so grateful for that because they did and if it wasn't for the two of them who knows what it would have happened but i have a roof over my head and food on my table and a car that works and and a life that's pretty abundant right now so i'm very grateful for that um but the summer was a mixture of beautiful and exciting and love-filled and fun and also hard and emotional and transitional and you know scary and there is a lot of new things coming to old endings and it was really eye-opening to see the relationships in my life the ones that kind of fell away very quickly and the ones that maintained and grew stronger and what i really recognized in that was that that whole saying you are who you surround yourself with. I think that the reality of it is you are, you attract people into your life that reflect the things back to you that you need or needed or need to work on. And I met quite a few people this summer and I have met some people that I am so grateful for. You know, I could look at everything and be like, man, that was a shit show nightmare. What the fuck was that? Or I can look at it with some gratitude. And the gratitude that I have is that this summer I got to experience love. <laughs> this summer I got to experience adventure. I got to experience fear, but exciting fear, doing new things, trying new things, meeting new people. I got to experience midnight nachos, which my 30-year-old digestional tract has not loved for me. <laughs> I got to experience the loss of somebody that I love, somebody that I loved very dearly. Um, but also the peace of knowing that that person is no longer suffering on this earth. Um, who, uh, I, I got to experience, you know, family changes and how I react to those things. So like a big thing is, is that I've always kind of been that pivotal person in my dynamic of my family of like, something goes wrong, call Afra. Finances go off, call Afra. You need this, call Afra. And it was, it was at that point where it's just like, everyone else was relying and depending on me and I was not depending on myself because I just felt like I had to continuously give and give and give and give and give and take care and take care and take care and take care. And I ended up um, getting really close to somebody who is very similar, <laughs> incredibly so, and watching them go through that or something very similar to it and recognizing when I say that you attract people into your life to teach you things too, recognizing that I did not, and this isn't a judgment, this is an acknowledgement, but recognizing that I was doing the same thing. So as quickly as I was to point at them and say, you're doing this thing where you overgive all the time and like, who gives to you? Recognizing that when I would say that out loud, it's like, okay, bitch, swallow your own words and listen to yourself. Who is doing it for you? Who is giving back to you? Who's taking care of you? Who's supporting you? Who's loving you? Who's 
got your back? Who's providing financially when you need it? Like who's, who is the person that you can go to? Who are the people that you can go to? Who can you lean on? Are you leaning? Um, <laughs> and I've recognized that I have been responsible for others for so long, um, whether that be in the dynamic of my childhood um, or the teenager dynamics of my family in my teenage years or like living in Vancouver and like the friendships I had or the people I met and and the things I was responsible for in business and, and working. And then also, you know, I moved to Alberta and I get this job in a corporate business and I'm now responsible for 30 plus people every day. And so there was always this need to like be for everyone else, to show up, to put my feelings aside, to have hard conversations, to be uncomfortable, to wade through some heaviness, but also to provide for other people. And in the last few weeks, it's like life went, stop. Just stop. You do not have to be anyone for anyone else. And that's not to say like, oh, you can't be friends or you're not supportive or you're not this. It was to genuinely say, stop, look around, who's pouring into your cup and who are you continuously pouring into theirs? And I recognize that my cup was at mod a lot of the times sitting empty. And a lot of the times I was showing up and showing out and supporting and giving and giving and giving. And I was exhausting myself. I was burning myself out emotionally, overgiving, mentally overgiving, physically overgiving, just constantly running, running, running. And then about three or four weeks ago, I I had just a really bad day emotionally. And the next day when I woke up, I journaled about it all. And I recognized in that moment that it was that you cannot pour from a cup that is empty, you know? And I used to use the teapot analogy with my friends when we used to talk about this back in the day, but I used to always say like, okay, if you have a teacup and you have a teapot, let's say you're the teapot and you are full, you've been percolated, you're full of Earl Grey and goodness, and you're pouring into a cup. If you continue to pour into that cup, eventually that cup is going to overflow. And eventually you're going to get this huge pool of tea that's wasted. And what's going to happen is the teapot is going to sit empty or close to empty. Um, and that teacup is going to be too overwhelmed with liquid, too much, too, too overwhelmed with the amount. Um, and the teacup, although it can pour what you gave it back into the teapot for more of an, a regulated amount of tea, all of that stuff that overflowed and, and went everywhere else was just energy or just too much of what you know, the initial giving was supposed to be, and it's wasted in a way. It's, it's over, over the, overly the amount. And so, you know, a teacup can pour back into a teapot and the teapot will still have something left in it, but a teapot can only pour into a teacup so much before it becomes overwhelming. And I started to look at my life and it's only been like a few weeks of this, but I've started to look at my life in that perspective. I have poured overwhelming amounts of love and time into people and places and jobs and ideas that were not mine to pour into so that other people could have success or love or excitement or joy. But recognizing like 
when that was being poured back into me when it wasn't has been really hard. And so in the last few weeks, I have been recognizing of what is the returned love, you know, and, and recognizing that there are people in my life now who I don't have to overpour into because it's a unanimous pour. It's an understanding of we are both teacups and there is this a huge abundance of a teapot that pours into us simultaneously and we can, you know, cheers rather than feel overfilled or underfilled. And it's been a really huge awakening for that love. I have deepened, I've known some of these people for years and years and years and years. And those relationships have deepened so much over the last like few weeks because I just went, hey, this is a thing that I've recognized that I do. And it's not even a conscious thing that I do, it's just do it. And like, you know, what does reciprocation look like for you? And what does it look like for me? And then regulating those in my relationships. And it has built some, it's helped to continue to build relationships that already existed, but it's also really helped to help me acknowledge, you know, the love that I deserve. And that's a big one. A big thing is, is that I've preached a lot over the years on social media, on, on the podcast about love and self-love and love yourself and do the things and love, love who you are. And the reality of it is, is that I don't think I even recognize what loving myself meant. I could value myself, which I did. I could honor parts of myself, which I did. But I think that true, authentic, deep down acknowledgement and appreciation of self just wasn't there. And lately, I've been finding it. And it has been overwhelming and exciting. It has been emotional. It has had a lot of tears. But it's also been choosing me in times where I didn't want to. Choosing myself and having my needs met. And being met with love and care and kindness and communication and allowing it in when I didn't want it or when I thought I didn't deserve it. It has been, it has been letting go of things that although there is so much there, um, layers of so many things that are there, but it's been recognizing like there's layers and there's beauty to this, but there's also the recognition of having my needs met and my needs aren't being met. So what do I have to do here? And did I communicate my needs? Was I effective and thorough in communicating what my needs were? And and after those needs were communicated, did the behaviors change? Um, was it over? Did I have high expectations of the change instantly? Did I did they change instantly? You know what what did that look like? And recognizing that in some cases you need to remove yourself from the equation because even if the behavior changes and the communication changes, you yourself have to change too. And I recognized as well through lots of conversations and self-acknowledgement and self-awareness that I have made it incredibly hard for some of my relationships to deepen um, because I am deeply afraid of losing love. I'm deeply afraid of losing people. And I think that that has a large part to do with just, you know, I've experienced so much death in my life, um, major, major deaths of lot of people that I genuinely care about. Um, I've 
gone through a lot of relationships in my life because I think a big thing about an overgiver is that we tend to form a lot of relationships with different people um, throughout our lives. And then when they leave or or we leave them, it's this huge acknowledgement of like, oh shit, like where was I giving too much and how did I show up in this? And I couldn't acknowledge those things at the time. So like even relationships that had ended, like always that fear of abandonment or being lost or being let go or being let down. And self-sabotage too, when people would show up who were nourishing, who would show abundance, who would bring joy, who would make me laugh, who would make me feel safe, um, who would be embracing and, and creative with me, but that like, and would show up with all those things that sometimes it was just like, this is too good to be true. Please get the fuck away from me. Like it was like, how can I let you be there for me? Because nobody's been there for me. So that means that I have to like rely on it. And that's not to say like nobody's ever been there for me in my life. I have some really good friends who have been. But I think the thing is, is that like those, those, there's a lot of ways that I've had friends that have been there and who have supported and and been through it with me and have never left and who have stayed and who have worked through things. Um, even though there have been those people, it's just like you can have those people in your life and still not be able to acknowledge it, receive it or enjoy it. Um, and I think that that's something that I wasn't doing is I wasn't always acknowledging those people and how much they gave. I wasn't always making space for those people and how much they showed up. Um, and so used to that narrative in my own head where I was like, I am not deserving. So therefore nobody will. And then when people were, it's like, no, you're not like you can't see through frosted glass, you know? And so the, yes, there's another person standing on the side of that glass who I can see the outline of, and I can see that they're there. But like, I can't see that they're actually there. And so I just assume that they're not, or I just assume that, oh, they're there, but they're not there for me. They're not, they can't, they can't see me through the glass either. And, you know, keeping that wall up of like not really letting people get too close or get in very deeply. And I've, I've shared a lot on this podcast. I share a lot on social media and I, there, I got asked over the summer, like, why do you share so much about your personal life and, and personal adventures and, and learning and stuff? And I, I did think about that because I was like, oh, I share because I'm an oversharer chronically and my psychologists would say that I seek constant validation through other people's praise and approval, um, which isn't completely untrue, but like, it's also, I share a lot because if I can make one less person, like one more, one person in this world, not feel alone in their thoughts or feelings and recognize also that we're all fucking going through it. We're just not talking about it. Um, then I've done what I came on this plan to do. <laughs> you know, I think we all seek a purpose and I, I've known that my purpose has always been to help others. Um, and I've always known that my purpose has always been to be authentic in everything I'm learning on who I am in that moment, on who I want to be and how I've grown. And I've never shied away from that. And even now as I'm unlearning and unpacking this, it's like I wasn't pretending before. I just didn't fucking know. <laughs> I just didn't realize what I was doing. And then this summer, I feel like my whole life went <laughs> just like, you know, like big explosions, like huge endings, massive upheavals, emotional instability. And I got to look around and go, shit, son. I was, I was hurting myself. I was letting myself down. There wasn't people always letting me down. It wasn't always people not being there. It wasn't, it wasn't, it was me. Hi, I'm the problem. 
the self-abandonment was real. The need to put other people's needs above my own was was real because I, I had been raised to do that. I had grown up in a bubble that made me do that. You know, I'd grown up in a bubble of, of two parents, and I know my mom listens to this, so I'm so sorry, but two parents who couldn't communicate actively and effectively at a time in the, in our lives, in our childhood, that they needed to be communicating. Um, and to be fair, like 30 years ago, gentle parenting, co-parenting weren't words. People got divorced and usually the dads bailed or the moms bailed. And so like, I don't blame my parents for that, but I grew up in this dynamic of like, constantly having to peacekeep and constantly having to make sure everybody's emotions are regulated far before my emotions were regulated by anybody else. Um, so as a 30 plus year old woman, I have a hard time regulating my own emotions and I get overwhelmed and I get anxious and I get like just scared a lot. And I'm really working on that right now because over the summer, like I mentioned, I, I, <laughs> I found love over the summer and it makes me uncomfortable to even talk about it because it was short, it was short lived. Um, but it was, it was the first time I've felt that way in my life in that way, specifically, like I've been with partners and I've, I've loved people, but not in, not in the way that this unfolded. And something that I recognized in that was that the moments that felt safe and comfortable and happy and joyful were the moments that I pushed so hard for it to not. And I pushed that person away and I, I shut down and I wanted that self-fulfillment of it's not going to work. I can't work. Um, we're too different. We're too this. We're too that. When in reality, that person opened my eyes to so many things that about myself that I didn't see, about the world that I didn't see, about experiencing joy and fun that I had never done. Like I, I tend to hold myself in these spaces where I'm like, I'm having fun. But internally, I'm like, get me the fuck out of here. And so I've really, the whole the whole point of 2023, uh, and I'm staring at my vision board as I say this, was joy is a big thing. I want joy. I want to have fun. I want to experience new things. I want to get outside my comfort zone. I want to learn new stuff. And I did. And it's only October. So God knows what the rest of this fucking year has in store for me. But like, I leaned in hard and I had so much fun. And this person really made me uncomfortable. <laughs> they made me so uncomfortable because I could see parts of them that just had fun. And I was like, how do you have fun? <laughs> how do you do this? Um, and I know I made them uncomfortable um, too, but it was, sometimes we need to be uncomfortable for long enough that we uproot our lives enough to recognize that comfortable is just a state of existing. It's not a state of like living. And I feel like I'm living right now. And I feel excited about what the next year is going to bring. And I have no idea what that is. I have no idea. People have asked me several times, like, what are you going to do? What are you going back to work? What are you going to, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> Goat farmer? Move to Denmark? Like right now I am literally just hurling darts into the fucking wind and hoping one of them lands. And when one of them lands, I am excited to see where that takes me on my journey. And I'm not joking. Like I'm like applying to jobs in Denmark because I don't know if you guys know this, but Denmark is hiring. Um, a lot of people. So if you ever wanted to move to Denmark or Europe, now's your time. Um, but like I'm I'm applying for my passport. I'm renewing my European passport. 
I am like talking to my family about taking over the family business. I am doing my like marketing stuff still. I'm connecting people to do other projects. I'm working on boards and creativity stuff. And like, I am just doing things all over the place that feel good. I'm not being like, oh, I'm going to commit to this because it's there and I should. I'm committing to things that light me the fuck up. And it's been like eight years of doing things I felt like I had to do in running businesses and being constantly and chronically stressed and going for MRIs and CT scans and ultrasounds and blood work every fucking few weeks for eight years I lived in that and now I'm like oh I don't have to live in that I don't have to I don't have to do that like don't get me wrong money's great money's fucking awesome when you have it <laughs> but I think life can teach you very quickly how fast you cannot have it and it's that joy in between that transition of recognizing that like, I'm going to love my fucking life and live it how I want to live it. And that's not jumping on airplanes and flying all over the world necessarily. Sometimes it's just building relationships and creating new content and, and, and getting into your fucking bones and pulling shit out and looking at it and being like, fuck man, like, damn, it's also letting go. It's letting go of control. It's letting go of fear. It's letting go of the past. A big thing that I've talked about on this podcast is my past a lot. Y'all know a lot about me. Like I should be paying you for listening. But the reality of it is, is like this huge wave of acknowledgement of like, I had to let go of some of the past. I, I couldn't be angry at my parents for the rest of my life if I wanted. There's enough fucking there to do it. But the reality is I'm not. I love my parents. They were not perfect and they didn't try to be <laughs> ever. Sorry, mom. <laughs> but they're not perfect. And they acknowledge that now. And we've built really strong relationships. And my mom and I have not always gotten along. And we are now. And that took a lot of time. You know, I have not always been a kind, good person, but I try to be. And all of those things are is there's no idea of perfection. There's just joy in being fucking human. And I found that. And I feel incredibly lucky to have found that. And not everybody gets to experience this in a lifetime. And a lot of people won't. And I got this opportunity handed to me in the form of losing my job. I got this opportunity handed to me in the form of having my own heart broken. <laughs> I got this handed to me in the way of experiencing things that were hard and uncomfortable. I got it handed to me in grief. I got it handed to me in creativity. I got it handed to me in new beginnings and old chapters ending. I got it handed to me in unwavering faith. And unwavering faith didn't look like praying to Sky Daddy every day. Unwavering faith looked like believing in myself enough to know that I am capable of surviving absolutely anything life throws my way. And that I have. And I've done it with fucking gusto because it's not been easy. And that you can too. You can handle anything life throws your way. It might not always feel like that. Anxiety's a cunt. It'll tell you constantly that you can't do it. But I promise you, you can because you have. And you will continue to do so even on the days where it doesn't feel like you, you are. And guys, I am back back again. And this is not going to be my regular posting pattern. God knows what that's going to look like. But I missed you. And welcome back to aging ungracefully. Until next time.